and welcome to mini episode 10 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? We have two gorgeous listener stories for you today. Good. Are you ready? Yep, as long as I know about those. Before we start, we did <laughs> go and see Ghost Stories, the stage production I last night. I said the musical then. Ghost Stories, the musical, imagine. <laughs> uh, we went to see the stage production of Ghost Stories last night. If you're in the UK, it's currently on tour and I would... 100% recommend going to see it. Absolutely. It's so fun. And just and really... Really scary, really, really well clever. Done. Yep. It's fun. Even... Because I've seen the film. You've seen the film. But even having seen the film, it doesn't take away from it. No. I would have loved to have seen it without knowing the story yeah. and without seeing the so film. So if you haven't seen the film and you get the opportunity to see the play, see the play and then watch the film. I agree. The play is just it's, just, it's very clever. It's very, very good. Very good. I thoroughly enjoyed it, so would recommend. We've got two stories today. Are you ready? Yes. I said we are. I was about to say, yeah, we are. But it's just me. Oh, it's weird, are you possessed? It? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> You've got a demon inside you. Our first story comes from Kayla. So thank you, Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Something I keep hearing on your podcast is when you mention that a lot of people you hear these stories from are people that you would never assume would be freaked out by something like that. That resonated with me, because I've heard so many ghost stories in my life, but none will ever compare to the ones I heard from two of my roommates in college. And it's because I'd never imagined these two girls would have ever believed in ghosts. It was some random day in my junior year of college. I was about 21. There was about five of us sitting in the common room of our suite talking and somehow we got onto the topic of ghosts. I didn't have any stories because although I do believe ghosts could exist, I'd never seen anything weird like that. Most of the stories were ones that could have easily been written off as creaky stairs, pipes making sounds or just overactive imaginations. Then Melissa said she worked in a haunted country club. Melissa was in school studying chemistry and up until this point, I never thought she believed in anything. She was no-nonsense and was always the type of person looking for solutions and answers to every problem. So I was surprised when she flat out told us that she had seen ghosts. Melissa said that when she was a teenager, she worked in an old country club, a golf course in Long Island. Everyone had always said that the place was haunted, but Melissa would always laugh and say that they were crazy. One night though, it was after closing, and everyone was standing around the bar talking and going on about usual stuff, when out of nowhere, the half-empty bottle of wine on the bar floated into the air and started spinning. They all just stood there, mouths agape, staring at this crazy thing happening in front of them. One guy shouted, Is everyone else seeing this? And then the bottle gently placed itself back on the bar. Everyone freaked out for a minute, Then they quickly packed everything up and went home. Melissa said it was just so crazy and try as she might, she couldn't find an explanation for it. Another day, she was preparing a big reception room for a wedding. She was putting white tablecloths on all of the big round tables and for the moment she was alone while the other employees were off getting silverware and all of that to continue getting ready. Melissa was standing with her back to the door to the room when she heard someone running at her from behind. She quickly turned around with a smile thinking that it was one of her friends coming up to mess with her. When she spun around though, someone was standing there with a tablecloth over their head 
What? And before she had time to reach out and pull it off, the person underneath the cloth disappeared and the tablecloth fell into a pile on the floor. Melissa screamed, sprinted out of the room and then soon quit her job. A few months after though, a friend of hers, we'll call him Joe, told her about something that happened to him. It was a crazy night and the country club was hosting another party. The kitchen staff realised they needed more serving trays, so they sent Joe down to the storage room to get some. Most people didn't like having to go to the storage room because it was basically a cellar and you had to leave the main building, go outside and then go through the cellar entrance and most people were just bothered by the long walk. Joe got down to the cellar and walked over to the stacks of trays. They had dozens of trays, so the stacks got to be about waist height sometimes. When Joe got to them though, he saw a young man sitting on them, smoking a cigarette. Joe froze at the sight. He was wearing some kind of uniform that wasn't too different from the uniforms that the employees have to wear today. He was looking off to the side as if he didn't notice Joe. He had dark hair and looked very pale, but wasn't acting spooky or anything like that. But Joe was so disturbed by it. He walked up next to him, grabbed a stack of trays and then quickly got out of there without looking back. He then went up and asked everybody if there was someone new on the staff that he'd never seen before. And just as he suspected, no one new had come onto the staff in months. Those stories freaked me out. But they had nothing on my other roommate's stories. Kerry then, during our little ghost story session, said, So, I think my house is haunted. Another one of the girls in the group who grew up with Kerry and had gone to her house said, Oh good, we're finally going to talk about your obviously haunted house. (laughs) The way Kerry started talking about it prepared me to hear stories about things going bump in the night or lights flickering. She was presenting it as if these things weren't a big deal at all. Kerry grew up in a house in Queens, which is a borough in New York City. It would be safe to say that her house was built sometime in the late 1800s or early 1900s, The best way to describe the house would be skinny. It wasn't a traditional house where there's plenty of space for multiple rooms on each floor. So a lot of times the family was separated in the house with the kids playing in the basement while her mom was in the kitchen on the main floor and her dad on the third floor in his office. The basement always creeped her out a little bit because she always felt like something was in the dark corners. She just blamed it on being afraid of the dark. This day definitely changed that belief though. Kerry was about 12 and her sister was probably about 10 and they were just hanging out. When out of nowhere the lights went out and it was complete darkness in the basement. They were trying to keep themselves calm and find the staircase when something appeared in front of her and her sister. She described it as a crazy looking person with a grinning face, white hair going in every direction and bony arms. The person had its hands up under its chin and was just grinning at them. The girls screamed and sprinted up the stairs. They tried to calm themselves down and Kerry was trying to tell herself that what she saw was all her imagination, but her sister kept asking, but did you see it? Did you see that? They knew they had seen the same thing because they also saw that the person had no eyes. Oh man. Kerry said that most of her life she'd walk into a room confused, thinking that her parents had called her in there only to find out that her parents were in a completely different part of the house, or they weren't at home at all. Get out. Get out. 
Get out, get out. Yeah, I know the listeners can't see me, but when I get really stressed <laughs> reading stories, I do this weird flailing flap. thing with my arms. <laughs> flap like a giant bird. And it's only, re- it's, I've only really noticed it recently. It just, I need to, I get so pinprickly that I need to do something with my mm, arms. Get those prickles out. I, what did you just say? <laughs> I said get those prickles out, but then I listened to myself and I was like, mm, that's. I don't little... know if that works. Yeah. Um, mm. That was not enjoyable. Hmm. Neither of those stories were enjoyable. Imagine a ghost dressing up as a ghost. I mean, that is fucking Inception <laughs> shit. That is very, what do they call it in acting circles? Like meta. Yeah, yeah. That is like serious. But that would have freaked me out like, It's good. in, um, that's in a film, isn't it? I mean, it's a yeah. kind of a horror story trope or yeah. horror film trope that the sheet that disappears. Yeah. Well, the sheet doesn't disappear. Whatever's under the sheet oh, yeah. disappears. The sheet doesn't disappear. That's not true. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a falsity. And whatever the fuck that was in the basement. Imagine can... it with his hand, head on his hands. Hi. Oh, I don't like it. I can't don't even like see you. It hasn't got any eyes. Creatures. Ooh. Yes, but as Event Horizon taught us, where, where we're we going, going, you don't, don't need, need eyes, eyes to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I would be leaving that house. I would be... Not working in that country club anymore. I'd be burning that country club down. That's it. That's all you need. Mm. Imagine that guy, though. He goes down into the basement, sees a ghost, and he just collects what he needs from next to the ghost and then leaves. Like, that's so <laughs> that's bizarre. That's the best way of doing it, to be fair. <laughs> so strange. Yeah. What is it about um, creatures that have no eyes? Like, ghosts that have no eyes. I don't get it. It's uh, that same thing again that I'm going to use every podcast from now on. Uncanny Valley? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our new quote. Somebody needs to add it to the bingo board. New infrasound. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird though, isn't it? It's just a weird thought, weird thing to imagine. Oh, it's the long bony arms and the face in its hands. I just, I can see it in my mind's eye and I, I'm not a fan. Do you know what I also love about this story? It's how casual the teller was. Oh yeah, it might be haunted. It's not really yeah. a bump in the night story, is it? No, it's not really like <laughs> things flying off the counter. And the thing is, you know the poltergeist bit in the first story where the... Because usually when you talk about poltergeists, it like things fly off the counter, things yeah. smash or whatever. This was something just levitating in the air and spinning around. I imagined like, it like... Does... A, it wasn't this at all because it was a, a wine bottle, I think. But I imagined it like the ghost swilling the wine. Like a brandy it, glass. Yeah, and then put it back on the on back on the counter. Maybe it was just a really fancy ghost. Yeah. Fancy ass ghost. And and the fact that multiple people saw it and were watching it. Are you ready for another story? Yes. If you can hear voices in the background of this recording. Yeah, it's not I, a haunting. It's I we don't usually record at this time and both families on either side of our houses are really active right now, which is inconvenient if you're listening. Shh. Stop doing life stuff. We're trying to record a podcast. <laughs> I need to start posting times into the letterbox. We'll be recording no, what at we this do time. Is you know you eat loads of eggs. Yeah. So we'll just start sticking the egg cartons on the wall. Oh, to soundproof it. Yeah. That'd be really weird if our landlord came around. Yeah. We'd be thinking we'd have, <laughs> we're having some sort of collective psychotic break. <laughs> if we do the first set of um, egg cartons in the, um, in the letting agent's name... <laughs> spelling out his name and then we're just filling the gaps around it after (laughs) Stuart we're coming for you Um, our second story comes from Jules okay are you ready yeah June 2015 I was married at the time all of these events took place and was just breaking up with my partner as this occurred 
I'd been away in Canberra, Australia's capital territory with my sister, visiting the wineries and trying to sink my heavy heart in a million wines while going through the worst breakup of my life. I was away for a week, came home to the never-ending dramas of my life I'd left behind for the week back to my house in Victoria, Australia. Needless to say, after lots of fighting, I told him I was done and moved into my parents' house across town. I packed what I could and left in a hurry, seemingly wanting it not to be over, but took the essentials. The next day I was back at work. I was a store manager of a pharmacy store inside a large shopping centre or mall for lack of a better word. The store was quite pokey and had five aisles, three registers and at the back of the store to the right was a little office and storeroom and to the left an access door that we both entered and exited from each night as we set the alarm. Anyway, so I was back at work. After a very busy quite shite day nursing a bullshit hangover from the week previous I was locking up counting the safe putting the day's takings away etc I had just let all of the workers outside the door and had to count the safe before I could leave dad rang to tell me happy birthday and hurry up and get home so I can get my presents and I hung up saying I'd be lickety split straight after this I heard one of the girls who I thought had left call my name Jules I swung around in my office and walked out onto the shop floor, replying hello, which for some stupid reason, like every great horror movie, I had turned off the lights and stupidly not turned them back on whilst walking out. There was no answer. I thought maybe I'd heard someone in the busy shopping centre, so turned on my heel to go back to the office. Jules! Louder now, I heard the call again. I swung back around thinking maybe my assistant manager was playing a trick on me, hiding in one of the aisles, as she was known to hide in things like the cardboard crusher and scare you. I looked down all the aisles. No one. I checked the cameras. No one. I ended up standing in the shampoo aisle, scratching my skull. Two shampoo bottles fell on the floor with force at this very moment. And I died a little on the inside. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, right, you overfilled the shampoo bottles on the shelf and one fell over, big deal. There were only two bottles on this particular shelf and they were now lying on the floor. I quickly went back to the office, slammed the safe shut, set the alarm and scuttled out of there as quickly as possible. Fast forward two days. I had a habit, as now I was living with my mum and dad, the food was free and delicious, that I'd pop home for lunch. This day I hadn't been home. I drove home, walked up the stairs to the large three-bedroom house and down the hallway to my room, second from the end. Dad popped his head in. Did you come home today? He asked. I said no and he proceeded to tell me that the backsliding door was open when he came home, which had been locked this morning by me. It is just down the hall from my room and he heard someone in my room to the point that he grabbed a knife out of the kitchen block and went down there. When he got to my door, it was closed, which is never possible for me as I always leave it open. He swung it open, but everything seemed normal. Thinking maybe this was connected to the day's previous events of that bloody bitch saying my name, I was shit scared. That night, I was lying in bed. It was 10. As dad says, he turns into a pumpkin if it's later than 10 and he doesn't go to bed. (laughs) I needed the sleep and I was stressed and tired and a little bit worried. I had a horrid feeling. A feeling of dread so I was reading to fall asleep. 
As I did, I heard the unmistakable sound of the large gate to the yard squeaking. The back sensor light came on and mum and dad's dog was losing his mind. I shot up in bed and looked outside to see a dark figure at my window. Oh, get out. No features, just dark. I screamed hella loud and dad came running down in his jocks and checked outside and inside. Nothing. Freaking out, but of course nothing. The weekend was two days later and after a pretty shocking week I was sitting in the lounge room with my younger brother. The lounge had a glass and wood heavy sliding door that blocked off the corridor and noise. It was open. My brother and I were talking Him telling me quite enthusiastically why Tinder is amazing and his latest conquests. We were laughing. I had my body pointed towards the heavy door. My brother has his back to it. As we laughed, the heavy door slammed into the wood door frame, shutting off the hallway completely. And we both jumped. Sunday. My day off. And I get a call from work. My beauty therapist is in a fit of fear. Once I calm her down, I ask her what happened. She said she was doing some orders on my computer in the office alone. No one was around. They were all on the shop floor working. She felt a whisper in her ear saying her name. She turned around thinking it was one of the other employees. No one. She checked the camera footage. No one. She asked everyone and no one knew anything about it. I had not told her what happened to me on the nights previous and I was so afraid. I went back to work on Monday. I spoke with my beauty therapist and my assistant manager and I told them my story. My assistant manager told me that she took nothing from the old shop with her when they moved stores except photos. I had no idea what this meant so she explained. In the old shop it was a standalone store on a busy street, no complex around. She said it was in a very old building with an upstairs. It was reported that a lady had died upstairs due to fire. They would often see her in the windows, have things like cupboards that you would normally open, not be able to open, and various other spooky things going on. The year previous to me starting at this store, the old store had burnt down. The fire supposedly started in the room where the woman had died. Fast forward two months. I was working and living in Melbourne and I got a promotion. A new store. I smelled smoke in my office and saw it billowing out of the roof. My team also saw it and we evacuated. The fire brigade came. No source of the fire could be found. No faults, no wiring, just a small fire. I don't know what I believe. My dad thinks I manifest things when I'm stressed, much like the teenage girl and the poltergeist theory. But I'm not so convinced. Oh my gosh. As if you needed that with all the other stuff going on. I know, right? Sometimes I hate our listeners. I feel very unsettled now. (laughs) (laughs) I just think someone calling your name and and it not being them, it's just such a scary concept, I think. Yeah, because it's so personal. It's not like a a random thing falling over or a shampoo bottle falling off a shelf. Those things you can rationalise with somebody calling your name. And not just once, twice. Yeah, and to two different people as well. Oh, I don't like it. Because you've got that exploding head thing on you. Yeah. But that only happens when I'm falling asleep. Like, that doesn't happen 
that doesn't, doesn't happen, happen when you're wide awake no it doesn't no. happen if even oh, if i'm okay. concentrating really hard on something that yeah. doesn't happen it's okay. only you know those few seconds or like few minutes whatever it is when you're just between sleep and mm. awake and you're falling asleep but you're still kind of aware of what's going on around you that's that's when it happens okay. to me but never never any other time it's just uh, if it happened any other time i'd shit myself I, I imagine opening like window and seeing a black figure though oh it wouldn't be down with that thanks very much no, no that's why I'm glad we live in the city sometimes <laughs> because if we opened the window and saw a figure you'd just be like don't try and break into my house yeah. I'll fucking kill you and it's also well, really well illuminated isn't it like it's not yeah, dark it it's not dark outside at all hence why I can't sleep but it's it's not dark at all so you open the window and you're looking onto a lit street I mean it would be scary if it was all black but also on the second floor. So it'd be really tall as well. It'd be really scary. Actually, it'd be opened, really scary. Yeah, it'd be yeah, absolutely yeah. horrific yeah. if we opened the window with <laughs> a black shadow yeah. outside our bedroom window on the second floor. But there's no doubt about it, is there? Not? Like, it would be that. It would be freaky. Like, there's not, you couldn't question it. You'd just be like, I never told you this, but I woke up the other night. No, I don't know if I want to know this. No, it's not know. a scary thing. Okay. Don't worry. I woke up, I did this to my mum as well. So I was in Portugal with my mum and I was sharing a bed with her. And I remember waking up or kind of being like semi-awake in the night and she was leaning over me because she was leaning over to like turn the light off or something. And I could just see the shadow leaning over me and I can remember <laughs> going <gasps> and hiding under the covers. Yeah. And she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And <laughs> she, obviously, she obviously found it hilarious. Did it to you the other night because you were asleep beside me and I woke up. And in my like half awake, half asleep state, I sort of forgot you were there and <laughs> you were kind of like underneath the covers. So all I could see was your forehead and your forehead was really pale. And it absolutely like I thought, <laughs> what the fuck is that beside me? Freaked out for about three seconds. Then I was like, oh, yeah, it's my husband. But you've done that to me before as well. When I'm leaning over to turn whatever video you're watching to fall asleep off so that I can go to sleep. And you freaked out because I'm leaning over you. <laughs> so weird like what happens in my head at night time <laughs> i don't want to know yeah but there's so many scary things in jules's story actually persistent it's just all the scary things i do reckon though that when you're in a state you're more vulnerable to things like when you're really anxious yeah i i think so too when you're at a a point in your life where you have like consistent worries or stress i think you're more susceptible to either interpreting things differently or experiencing things in a certain way mm. definitely i like the sound of her dad though he sounds cool yeah he does he sounds a bit hardcore and i enjoy it well i like the fact that he goes turns into a pumpkin after 10 that's a good that's a very me energy <laughs> <laughs> so if you've enjoyed this week's listener episode you can find us on instagram at real life ghost stories you can find dan on instagram at 50p movie club you can find us on twitter at real ghost pod you can find us on facebook real life ghost stories podcast and you can join our super secret facebook group which is rlgs super group and the password is emma and dan you can send your stories to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com and you can also support us on patreon that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories. The link is in the description. And to buy our merch, the link is in the, des- the description for this episode. The too. link is in the description. <laughs> My Irish accent makes THs followed by a D word really difficult. Okay. So I'm oh, sorry. Sorry for bullying you. Yeah, well, that's just what I have to live with. Sorry. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.